Welcome to the Highland Park Community Church Podcast. Our goal is to serve and encourage you as you build a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us now as we study the Word of God together in this week's episode. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> tonight's been a night, it's been an adventure, welcome to Highland Park Community Church, welcome to our spiritual gifts class, uh, we're going to continue our teachings on prophecy tonight, we are actually fully in person tonight, everyone's here, I'm super thankful, we had a lot of people here last week, but it wasn't, it wasn't our group, it was a lot of guests from other churches, which was cool. So, um, tonight we're going to sit in, I mean, we're going to be all over tonight. I thought I was going to sit someplace, but I'm looking at my notes now and I'm going, oh, well, actually we're all over the place. So, um, if you guys want to flip to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, I'm going to pray. We're going to get started. Abba, we thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the goofiness that has been tonight thus far. Lord, I thank you for what your word says. Uh about the gift of prophecy. Thank you that this is the fourth week that we get to study this together. Um, my prayer is that this will be the last week that we get really theological about it, and then next week we'll actually be able to practice. But your will be done, your kingdom come, <laughs> even in our teaching series. Uh, Abba, we dedicate Highland Park to you. Jesus, you are king of Highland Park. Um, we want to see this place flourish for your kingdom's sake. We know part of that is being able to function in our giftings. We need to pursue love, follow after love, and also earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Um, especially that we may prophesy. So that's why we're talking about this again tonight. Lord, I ask that you lead our discussion, our teaching, and that uh, Holy Spirit, you would convict us. Exhort us, edify us, comfort us, and help us grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, cool. So, to reiterate a couple things, when I say we're talking about the gift of prophecy, we are talking about 1 Corinthians 12, the list of the Holy Spirit gifts, the gift of prophecy. We are not talking about prophecy as in prophetic scriptures. We are not talking about our ability to write more scripture. Bible says that we will not be able to add or take away from Scripture as it is written right now. So, that would be heretical. We are talking about an actual gift of present-day prophecy. Uh, because we are continuationists, we believe in spiritual giftings. I know I've said that every week thus far. I'll say it again tonight, just for those that might be tuning in to a te- the teaching later scared that we're going to say something <laughs> weird or heretical. So, um, we're starting first Corinthians 14. We're going to kind of read through the, a little bit of this again. Um, first one says, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy for he, he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, although in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks to men for their edification and exhortation and comfort. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I desire that you all speak in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For greater is he who speaks in prophecies than he who speaks in a tongue, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edification. Um, I know that there are many different thoughts on who can prophesy and who can function in the gifting. I know that there is a section of verses in 1 Corinthians 12 
that says, can, you know, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Can all prophesy? No. Um, I would like to propose to you that that section of scripture is talking about when we are together in a body as a whole. It's, it's the, the setup for how the church is supposed to function when we're all in unison and we're all together because when we're all together and we're, we're listening to the spirit, um, each of our giftings is going to pop up as the spirit leads us to he's going to be sovereignly speaking to all of us you know um and he might even be speaking to each of us about each other the nights that you know someone says oh well i feel like there's supposed to be a tongue and there's supposed to be an interpretation and then lo and behold somebody's like oh i feel like i'm supposed to speak in a tongue and someone else says oh well i'm supposed to interpret like that's the holy spirit speaking in all of us and in those moments, not everyone's going to be an apostle. Not everybody's going to be a prophet. Not everybody's going to prophesy. Not everybody's going to speak in tongues. Not everybody's going to interpret tongues. I think that when Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 14.5, where he says that, I desire that you would all speak in tongues, but even more so that you would all prophesy. I believe what Paul is saying here uh, is that we can all speak in a heavenly language, our prayer language, which is the gift this particular gift of tongues. I also believe that he is saying that even more of us will have the gift of prophecy. Um, and the reason why I said that, say that and think that is because as we defined in the first week, prophecy is edific- edification, exhortation, comfort, and if need be conviction, right? It is very easy to speak an edifying word to someone. It is very easy to speak an exhorting word to someone. Um, it is very easy to speak a comforting word to someone. Um, and it is very easy to ask the Lord, Hey, I see that this person is down and in the dumps and depressed. Give me a word for them. Please give me a word for them. What, what can I say to them that will bring your heart into the situation? Right. And that's really what we're going to be training ourselves to do over the next couple of weeks is all of us being able to really hone in on how we hear from the Lord. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is the different ways that we hear from the Lord because we all may hear from the Lord differently, and that's okay. Just because I have a testimony of how I hear from the Lord doesn't mean that that's how you're going to hear from the Lord. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. You guys following with me? Does that make sense? So I personally think from what I've studied, everyone can prophesy, which is why we're doing this in a small group where we can all learn to do it together. Does that make sense? Because if we try to do this in a big group, it's going to get messed up. It just will. Because we won't be able to correct each other. We won't be able to foster uh, a deeper sense of community and love towards one another. Um, and when you have a bigger group, the, the easier it is for things to get misconstrued and mixed up as you go in to say, hey, like, I think that prophetic word was wrong. Like, it's, it's harder to talk things out because the group is bigger and there's less time to do things. Um, and then you run the risk of, you know, uh, abuses happening with the spiritual gifts, which is what Paul is warning against here in 1 Corinthians. So before I ramble on any more about that, let's actually get to the point. Um, so who can receive or who can hear from God? in order to prophesy. I think, personally, everybody, according to 1 Corinthians 14.5, right? We just read that. So, uh, let's go to John 10. Let's talk about actually hearing the voice of God. Um, you mean everyone, just to be clear, everyone that has the Holy Spirit? Yes. Okay. I'm talking about Christians. Okay, just to be clear. Yeah. 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 So, so the, we established that in the first week we started talking about spiritual gifts was that in order to function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you have to have the Holy Spirit, right? You can't just claim to function in the gifts of the Spirit and not have the Holy Spirit. It wouldn't make sense. Remember, we uh, that verse in Romans 11 where it says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We covered that. Do you remember that week? Okay, cool. So, Awesome. Let's get into the nitty-gritty stuff. So, um, John 10. 
Let's just read a couple verses, starting in verse 1. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he who enters into the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Um, so let's stop there. Verse 3. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Uh, when we talk about hearing the Lord's voice, we have to go back and talk about John 10. Because in this chapter, Jesus very clearly lays out that his sheep hear his voice. He calls us by name. Um, I don't remember where the scripture is, but there's actually uh, a portion of one of the gospels where jesus says that the only reason why we are saved is because we heard the father calling our name in the first place so if you're having trouble recognizing that you hear the voice of god i want to reassure you you definitely hear the voice of god because you wouldn't be a christian unless you heard his voice in the first place you may not have recognized it as that at the time but that's okay we learn to hear his voice sometimes by a lot of trial and error <laughs> but uh the factor the key the key point here though is that you do hear him you do hear him i cannot stress that enough if you have the holy spirit inside of you it is because you heard the voice of god and he is with you does that make sense i hope that was encouraging um so we're going to skip ahead. Let's skip ahead to verse uh, 25. <clears throat> um, this is Jesus in context. This is Jesus during the Feast of Hanukkah at the temple. The Feast of Dedication is the Feast of Hanukkah. Uh, and the Pharisees are rejecting him, basically saying, you know, if you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus, of course, doesn't like to do that. He likes to talk in parables. It's nice and fun that way. Uh, so starting in verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you that, and you did not believe, the works that I do in the, my Father's name bear witness of me. But you who do not believe, because you are not my sheep, as I have said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Not shall anyone, nor shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Um, so, my iPad turned off. So, two things I want to point out here. In verse 27, Jesus is reiterating that his sheep hear his voice and that we know him. And then in verse 28 I want to emphasize that by hearing his voice we receive eternal life right so again just just to encourage you guys just to drive this point home if you have trouble hearing his voice take heart because at least you know you do hear it you would not be saved you would not inherit eternal life without already having heard his voice at some point in your life does that make sense? You guys tracking with me? Um, so let, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, oh, I have the scripture right here. Let's go to Matthew 16. See, I knew I was going to be thorough about this, but sometimes I get ahead of myself and I'm like, oh, well, as I'm talking, let's, let me mention this thing. Oh, look, now we're going to go back and reread this thing. Um, <clears throat> so... We're going to be Matthew 16, verses 13 through 17. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea uh, Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? Who th that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you are John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Um, 
just to drive the point home even further, to even receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, to recognize Him as the Christ, you have to hear from the Father first. We are hearing from God uh, in the big things more often than not, right? I feel like we, we hear from God best when we're under high stress and we're trying to figure things out. But when it comes to the gift of prophecy, we also need to learn how to hear Him in the little things, right? So it's really easy to say, big thing, oh, Jesus is the Christ, eternal life, boom, got it, right? Um, but it's the little things when we're talking about ministering to people that really count, right? So um, so let me ask you guys this. Uh, have you ever asked the question out loud and immediately knew the right answer even though you had no idea what the answer was originally? Have you guys ever forgotten to study for a test and you went in and you were like, oh my gosh, what's the answer to this question? And you knew the, what the answer to the question was even though you didn't study? No. no. <laughs> That's fair. God probably doesn't do that often because it's cheating. But <laughs> sometimes, for me, uh, <clears throat> he, he lets me get away with it. Um, so <laughs> I would like to propose this to you. The person answering that question for you is probably the Holy Spirit. It's probably God talking to you. At least now. Maybe not 15 years ago before you were a Christian. But now. When you when you go through situations like that and you're asking questions and you're getting the answers. It's probably most often the Holy Spirit talking to you. Um, let me ask you this. Have you ever had someone on your heart and when you text them or you call them, you find out that they are having a hard time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Seriously. What? But it's, it's just like a thing where I need to pray for them. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that I need to call them or reach out. Fair. Mm-hmm. So there is discerning between the two. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, oftentimes it's like I have somebody on my heart and I typically I'll reach out to them. And I'm like, hey, I'm just praying for you today. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, thank you so much. I'm having this hard time. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. This is God sending you to prophesy over somebody to edify, encourage, and uplift them, right? That's what prophecy is. Um, Sometimes the prophetic word, the thus saith the Lord, isn't necessarily thus saith the Lord. Here's this like ultra super spiritual thing. Sometimes it's just saying, hey, you're on my heart and I'm praying for you. God put you on my heart and I love you. Does that make sense? But we've all had one of those situations or something similar, right? That is God speaking to us. That is the Holy Spirit prophetically leading us to someone. Right? Um, have you ever felt very emotional around a person in a way that you wouldn't normally feel? Like you walk into a room and you're feeling fine and happy and everything is bright sunshine and rainbows. And then you walk into a room and it's like a thunderstorm just started going off in the room and you don't know why you're so gloomy. It's probably prophetic inkling towards where someone in the room is actually at does that make sense Mm -hmm. some people would call that empathy I wouldn't because well I think it's a I think it's a type of prophetic empathy I I, I think that there's a danger in in mixing someone who's uh, naturally empathic with Holy Spirit empathy um, and the reason why I say that is because sometimes when we are naturally empathic and uh, we feel for people all the time, we actually end up taking on all their feelings and emotions and it weighs us down. Mm-hmm. And when we are receiving something from the Lord, it should never weigh us down because his burden is easy and his yoke is light. So if we walk into a room and it's like truly a, a Holy Spirit thing, it's like, oh, well, I know what's wrong with this person. I can pray for them or at least go start a conversation with them so that I'm not carrying this weight. Mm-hmm. If we're naturally empathic, uh, oftentimes we end up taking on their their um, their spiritual garbage and making it our own, and then we it, it messes us up, right? Until we until we realize that, we get rid of it. So. So here's the thing about spiritual gifts, and the more we get into them, the more you're going to realize that oftentimes they do not work alone. Um, they almost always work in tandem with something else. So part of that is the discerning of spirits because you're discerning the spirit that is on a person, but you're discerning it prophetically. Does that make sense? 
they like the spiritual gifts are really weird. Once you define them and you start talking about them and you start talking about how they work in the Bible, they are like never alone. Like casting out a demon takes the gift of discerning of spirits. It also takes a miracle because you actually have to believe that the demon's going to come out. Because if you don't have the and the gift of faith, so if you don't have those three gifts working in tandem, then like good luck. <laughs> you know, you might have a sons of Sceva situation on your hands. Um, so. You know, back to prophecy. We're going to bring it back in because that's what we're talking about tonight, right? So, um, yes, great question, Becca. The answer is yes. They can go hand in hand like that. Um, so those are just a couple different different things. I just to get your guys' minds thinking about how the Lord's sp- spoken to you in the past. Um, I really want to... Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. So, we're going to start in verse 14. I kind of mentioned this last week. Today, I want to kind of explain it a little bit further. Uh, There are some people... Some of my closest friends, even, that would say that they don't think that God wants to prophesy over everybody all the time. Um, I think that God does want to speak over everyone all the time. I just don't always think that any one individual is the right person to do it. So, for instance, um, if we're all praying in this room for someone in particular, say we're praying for Danny, right, on the ground, Um, not everyone's going to give the prophetic word for Danny, right? We can still ask and expect to receive. That doesn't mean every single person in the room is going to get a prophetic word, but someone will, right? Because as a father, I know that if someone asks me about my son, I'm going to light up and I'm going to talk their head off about my son. Whether it's like, hey, be praying for him because he's going through this. Or whether it's like, hey, he is amazing. I'm so proud of him. These are all the accomplishments that I've seen him do. Like, I I freak out. I love talking about Oliver. Right? So if we take our understanding of a father's heart, a good father, hopefully I'm good. <laughs> right? Uh, and say, this is what a good father looks like when you ask him about one of his children. And we apply that to God, who is a greater father than us. I truly believe that at the end of the day, God wants to speak something um, encouraging or even uh, correcting over someone. Um, We just have to know how to access his heart. And we have to realize that we and we have to be humble enough to know that even if we ask, we may not be the right person to give that word. Does that make sense? So I would like to propose to you in this next section that we're going to go over in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verses 14 through 21. The question is, who does God want to prophesy over? And I honestly think he wants to prophesy over everybody all the time. Because he wants to speak life over everybody all the time. Right? So let's read uh, 14 through 21. It says, For the love of Christ constrains us. Because we judge thus, if one died for all, then all have died. And he who died for all, that those who live should not from now on live for themselves, but for him who has died for them and rose again. So so from now on, we do not regard anyone according to the flesh. Yes, though we have been Though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we do not regard him as such from now on. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is... That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and, in, and has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. So we are now ambassadors for Christ as though God was pleading through us. We implore you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. 
God made him who was no, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, in Christ Jesus. All right, so <clears throat> one thing that I want to point out, uh, some of your translations may say in verse, what verse was it? 14, the love of Christ, in my translation it says, uh, constrains us. Some translations say compels, like in the New King James. What's important to note here is that in the Greek, uh, the word is is sun echo. That's how you pronounce it, sun echo. So, the use of the word, the definition of the word is a sense of constraint, a type grip that prevents an escape. So what Paul is saying here is that the love of Christ leaves us no room except to live our lives for him. Uh, because the Greek word is uh, suneko, which looks like sun echo, we are the sun's echo for mankind because we're his ambassadors of reconciliation. Isn't that nice? I think that's super cool. So, uh, if let's and let's break down the verses for a second. If Christ died for all, then he wants all to live with him. He always has an encouraging word for everyone. We just need to let the love of Christ compel us forward because faith without works is dead, according to Galatians 5, 6, and hope is the foundation, according to Hebrews 11, 1. Um, so what I mean by that is if Christ died for all and he wants all to live with him, then I think he has something to say about every person that we come into contact with. The issue isn't, does he have something to say? The issue is, one, am I humble enough to receive the word? And two, Am I humble enough to accept that I may not be the one to get the word? Those are the two big issues that I think we need to reconcile or we need to wrestle with in our own hearts is when we're out and about, when we, you know, um, I think Todd White's just a great example of this. He just, he's done it so much that I don't even know if he asks the Lord anymore. I think he just gets word sovereignly for people. I think they just come. Um, but I've also been in some of his training situations where he, he trains people to ask for words. And, uh, and it's really amazing just to see him work and do things and be out on the streets. I, think, I just think it's really cool. Um, but he's one of those people. And you can tell that he just loves people, man. He just really does. And he just lets the love of Christ pour out of him. He just gets words off the bat because he just knows that God loves everybody and wants to talk to everybody. You know, um, I'm not saying that we need to be Todd White. But what I do want to do is challenge us so that when we're, when we're out and about, when we're out um, at the grocery store, you know, we've talked about this, discipleship can happen anywhere. When we're at the grocery store, when we're, when we're at, a, at the restaurant, when we're, you know, um, walking in your neighborhood, you know, um, it could be anything. It could be everything. When we're out and about with people, are we letting ourselves be open enough to receive a word from the Lord to encourage the people in front of us? Or do we love them enough to be the sun's echo? Right? Um, in verse 16, it says that we know no man after the flesh or their sin, but after the spirit, God's potential for their lives. Right? Um, when, we, when we're in this place of learning how to think and work prophetically and, and, and building this prophetic culture, hearing from God all the time, we don't want to just know people by their sin and by, by the sins that they're committing. We want to know them for God's potential for their lives, and we want to draw them to that potential. We want to call them into that potential. We don't just want to say, hey, man, I see all the sin that you're in. Like, fix it and then leave them alone. We want to say, hey, you know, if we do see those things, we, I see those things. Let me help you. Let's, let's get you out of this and get you back into, into God's righteousness. Let's, let's pull you into this place of healing, right? Um, the reason why I think that God wants to prophesy over everybody is because prophecy is one of the top forms of reconciliation to God, right? I mean, how many of us have been changed by a prophetic word? Some of us were changed by a prophetic word just from coming to Identity House when we used to be Identity House, right? And then it was like, boom, instantly reconciled back to God. Let's do this. So if we're his ambassadors, the ambassadors of reconciliation, then we must do that work. Does that make sense? You guys still tracking with me? Okay. So let's get into the nitty gritty, the good stuff. How do we hear from God? Um. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
rhetorical? It's rhetorical. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, you can't. I do. I'm sorry. I'm, I was thirsty. I was reading something I wrote and I laughed and then I got thirsty and I was like, oh, well, let me just take a swig of this Coke Zero real quick. Um, <laughs> so, God will speak through anything and everything and it is almost always the first thing you see or you hear in my experience. This is my experience. I'm going to give you my experiences. And I want you guys to think about it because I want to get your, your minds rolling. Um, in what ways does he speak? Uh, the first way that he speaks is he will never speak against his word. Whether it's his living word, which is Jesus, or his written word. If you want to know what his voice sounds like, you have to get into the word of God. Never neglect the importance of the word of God. And the confirmation it brings to the words that you might receive. You tracking with me? That's part of the reason why we've done this fast for a month, and I've we've been like, look, we're just we're giving up everything except the Word of God, right? No movies, no music, not even worship music, just the Word of God. We want to know what He sounds like. So, that's the first thing. The second thing is the still small voice. The still small voice. Sometimes in our heads, it sounds like ourselves. It sounds like ourselves. And that's why it's important to get into the Word of God so you can learn to differentiate between what your voice sounds like and what His voice sounds like. A lot of the times when I'm praying, especially when I'm praying over someone and I'm trying to receive a prophetic word, my prayer is out loud. Because even though I know I can pray in my head and God will answer me, if my prayer is out loud, then I know that whatever answer is coming into my spirit and up into my mind, it's probably not me speaking to myself. It's probably the Father. Right? Um, pictures and movies in our mind visions mm-hmm. right I know um, over the past month we've gotten some really cool testimonies about different visions that people have had moving pictures at church on Wednesday like really cool things um, I get things like that sometimes but they're really quick and they're really fleeting Um so I'll give you I'll give you an example. It's not even my story. I've been listening to some of the podcasts that we said were okay to listen to this month. And there's this guy that I've really liked. His name is Jack Deere. He's a doctor of theology, specializes in both Greek, um, Greek the Greek language and the Hebrew language. So he's just really smart and knows the word of God from front to back pretty much. So he was a Baptist and he was a cessationist for a long time until he caught wind of this guy named John Wimber. I love John Wimber. John Wimber's awesome. So John Wimber was like a spiritual father to him, taught him everything he knows about spiritual gifts. There was one meeting that he was at where John Wimber um, got this word uh, because he was doing healing lines and he got this word and he was like, hey, there's someone out there who came specifically to be healed of this weird like thing. Um, You know, come on to the front. It's time to get healed. And, uh, she didn't come up. He waited a few minutes. She didn't come up. He got another word, and he said, um, he said he gave like the p- specific name of like the leg thing that was going on. I don't remember what it is. And then he waited a few minutes. She still didn't come up. And then he said, uh, "You're in the back in a pink dress. You're in the back row wearing a pink dress." And she immediately stood up and came down, like limped down to get prayer and she she got healed miraculously and jack went up to john and said that was amazing you must have heard the lord so clearly and he was like no not really he was like what do you mean not really john says actually all my thoughts were fleeting he was like what do you mean they were fleeting he was like oh well uh i just saw a limp in my head and i thought well i wasn't thinking that before so maybe i should just say that somebody's here with the leg thing and uh and he just kind of kept talking through each of the each of the different prophetic instances there were a couple more that were mentioned in order to get this lady to come down and i don't remember what they are so i'm sorry that i'm butchering the story um but the thing that got me was when he said it was a it was someone in the back row in a pink dress um jack said well how did you know someone was in the back row in a pink dress and he said i honestly saw the color pink in the far back fly across my mind and I thought to myself must be someone wearing pink probably a lady 
in the back row. And it happened so quick that if I hadn't been looking for the Lord, I would have missed it. And the thing that gets me about that is that I think, and I've said this a lot um, in, in past years, but I think the Lord is talking to us all the time and he's looking to get our attention all the time. But because we're so distracted, we miss it. That still small voice and things just going by and we miss it. Um, on Wednesday, I was praying for someone and I had an, an experience. I was like, Lord, give me an experience like that. That would be amazing. And I was praying for somebody. I was praying for their eyes. And all I saw was we were praying for their eyes specifically. And all I saw, I, I closed my eyes for a second. I saw the color red. And then just as quickly as I closed my eyes, as I opened them, the color was gone. And I thought, okay, well, we're praying for, we're praying for this person's eyes. Seeing the color red typically has to do with anger and frustration about something. So let me just release this and pray about it. Sure enough, as I was praying or as I was releasing the word, he shook his head. Yeah, that's what's been going on. So I got to continue to pray for him and that was really cool, right? So um, when we talk about the still small voice, sometimes it really is just this flash of a thought that we blink and we miss it. And so we need to, we need to train ourselves to be aware of that still small voice and, and, and how he speaks. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like I could ramble about that a little bit longer, so I'm not. We're going to keep moving. Um, emotions and feelings is another way that we hear from the Lord. Most often, these are deep, deep gut feelings. Um, remember that Jesus was always moved with compassion, and the Greek word for compassion means a bowel movement. It's something deep within inside of us. So if we have a a deep move of compassion towards someone, it's probably a prophetic pulling towards them to see what's going on in their lives, see how we can pray for them, see how we can encourage them. Um, songs and lyrics. Uh, that sounds really silly, but I'm going to give you guys a story. When Kate and I were, um, when my wife and I were, were just figuring out what potentially dating would look like i kept asking the lord when can i ask her out what can i do and anytime i would ask him the only thing that would pop into my mind um were these lyrics lyrics by fallout boy that said the ribbon on my wrist says do not open before christmas it's the only thing i prayed about this for a month every time almost every day the ribbon on my wrist says do not open before christmas and i said okay well i'm going to take this I'm, I'm just going to take it and I'm going to go with it. And so I asked her out to actually be my girlfriend, right? Officially. Uh, on December 26th. And the day, day after Christmas, the ribbon on my wrist. Look, dude, meets the criteria, right? Uh, and the rest is history, right? So, like, here we are. Um, sometimes when I'm praying for people, uh, I don't always say, hey, these lyrics are coming to my head. But if you if you know what music I listen to, <laughs> sometimes you'll catch me reciting lyrics over people and uh, giggling to myself as I'm doing it. Um, we kind of covered this next one, but great ideas that you don't know where they came from or answers to questions you don't know where they came from. Um it can also, I love this. I heard a, a, a someone, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but um, I heard someone teaching on the prophetic one time and he said that sometimes the prophetic is like a strong, undeniable urge uh, that he calls a divine burp. You know how sometime a burp, sometimes a burp comes out of nowhere and like you don't feel it until the last minute, but once it's there, it's like you just have to let it go. That's what he compared it to. I thought that was really funny and really cool. Um, a dominant thought that causes everything else to go quiet is, is a big one. A word or phrase or sentence. Um, and as you release that word or phrase or sentence, more of that prophetic word comes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like the Lord might say something like, oh, go tell this person that they're a fire. Lord, I don't know what that means. Well, go tell them. And then you say, hey, you're a fire. And then all of a sudden you just word vomit the rest of it. Right? Um, 
a spontaneous burst or unction, and then dreams is a big one. Not for me, usually, but <laughs> I'm told for other people, dreams are a big one. Um, man, there was something else I was going to say to you guys, too. Oh, so a weird one, or it's not weird for me, but it might be weird for you guys. Uh, the Lord will also use what we're familiar with in order to encourage us to talk to someone about like what he's saying to them. Um, and so I have, I have two big examples of this. The first one is I... You guys have known me long enough. I, not so much anymore because comic books have gotten really weird over the past two or three years, but I'm a huge comic book nerd. I love comic books. I love comic book characters. And there are times where I'm praying over somebody and all I can do is think about this one specific comic book character and this one thing that was written about them and what they're going through. And it's like, dude, I'll release that to that person. And they go, dude, that's exactly what I'm going through. That's so encouraging. Thank you. And it's like, all right, cool. Like, glad I could help. Right, but um, that's the Lord recognizing the type of relationship I have with Him and using the things that mean something to me to give an important message to someone else. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, he's also done that. These things are not as important to me, but uh, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned that I, for a little while, anytime I prayed over a female, all I got were Disney princesses. That's just it. I didn't get anything else. And it was cool to see what the Lord did. I didn't necessarily like it because it was like, well, it's just Disney princesses. But the Lord was using something that meant something to someone else. It didn't necessarily mean anything to me. Um, And so sometimes, the reason why I bring that up is because sometimes He'll use what you are familiar with that you love because it means something to you. And you can explain it so well to that person. Other times, he will use something that does not mean jack squat to you, but it means something to the person that you're praying over, and you just have to release the word in faith. Does that make sense? Cool. So, um, last little bit. So, why do we go over all this? Obviously, we want to learn how to prophesy over each other. We want to hear, learn how to learn how to hear the Lord's voice more clearly when we're out doing ministry and we're praying for each other. But ultimately, the real reason why we're talking about these things tonight is so that you can learn to prophesy and hear from the Lord for the most important person in your life, and that's yourself. If we do not learn how to recognize the Lord's voice for ourselves, it will be harder and harder to recognize the Lord's voice for other people. Um, you I want you guys to hear this to your hearts like I want your hearts to hear this and grab hold of this you are the one that God deeply loves because you can be ready to hear God's voice for others you have to recognize him for yourself he is more invested and getting to your heart than getting to the person's heart next to you for his glory. You are his top priority. You are. And that doesn't mean that the person next to you isn't his top priority, but when it comes to actually speaking to you, the most important person that he will ever speak to you about is yourself. He wants to know he wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know what his assignment is for your life. He wants you to know what you are called to, and he wants to walk you through your sanctification process. He loves you that much. As much as it's really easy to make this gift of the Spirit about other people, the most important person that should ever receive a prophetic word from the Lord from you is you. Yeah. You cannot love someone more than you love yourself or else you are in codependency, and codependency is not love. Um, it's witchcraft, and it's demonic. Excuse me. Your relationship with God is the most important thing for you to foster and look after. There is no power like that, like the power of intimacy. Now, well, let's go over a couple more things first. 
If we are only intimate with God for the sake of work or ministry, even if that work is ministry, then we are nothing but a concubine. And if we measure our pay from God and the gifts that he allows us to walk in, then we are just concubines. We're not, we're not actually his bride. God doesn't want concubines, he does, but he does want a bride. Sometimes we have to love ourselves as our neighbor because we don't know how to love ourselves, right? There's that verse. There's so many that's uh, in Leviticus 19, um, Mark 12. It's in Matthew and it's in Luke as well. Jesus commands us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Sometimes we don't know how to love ourselves, but we know how to love our neighbors really well. So if you don't know how to love yourself, but you know how to love your neighbor, what I would like to propose to you is learn how to love yourself the way you love your neighbor. All the time and passion and commitment that you're dedicating to someone else to help them work on their life, direct that toward, toward yourself. Love yourself that way. Um, sometimes the things that we say to others are the things that we need to say to ourselves. And sometimes this is the way that God uses us to speak prophetically to somebody. Um, especially if it's in order to break the hardness of our own hearts. There are times where God will send me to a stranger and I will say the exact thing that I need to hear from him, but I've been having trouble hearing it from him because my heart has been hardened because I don't want to address the situation yet. I know two weeks ago we talked about how we shouldn't do that if we know the person and if we know what they're going through, we shouldn't try to speak prophetically to them because that can end up being prophecy out of our own spirits. What I'm saying is that sometimes God won't send us to someone we know. He will send us to a stranger to prophesy the same thing over them so that we hear it for ourselves. Because in hearing it for ourselves in that moment, it's almost as if admitting that we have an issue that we need to work through. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of Um, So my encouragement is go to God first so that your heart doesn't become hard. Because you don't want to get a prophetic word like that and then God rebuke you immediately after you get it because you're finally awake. It's not, not a fun time. We want to get to the place to where we receive his love so that we can be a vessel of his love. Because we can't give what we haven't received. Jesus said in, in Matthew 10, 8, he says, freely you receive, so freely go out and give. Well, we can't give what we haven't received from him already, right? Um, so we have to search the scriptures to know him. And by knowing him, we will, be, we will begin to know who we actually are. Um, and when we get to know who he is, and as we get to know he is, who he is, we will worship him more deeply. And we always become like the thing that we worship. Mm-hmm. Always. Amen. Right? That's why, I, that's why even though this month has been hard in a lot of ways, it's also been very rewarding in a lot of ways. Because the things that we worshiped before that distracted us are no longer there. And as we're worshiping him, the things that aren't like him are getting cut away. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if you only get into the word to teach a message or gain puffed up knowledge, yeah. then you are still only doing the work of, of intimacy as a job and you're still a concubine. Yeah. You don't really know the word until you become the word. Mm-hmm. And when you start becoming the word, you will begin to fully recognize God's voice without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to backtrack for a minute. A few minutes ago, I said that you're the most important person that God wants to prophesy over and that you need your first priority is to foster that relationship with him, right? To foster that intimacy with him. What I do not want us to do is use that as an excuse not to go out and make disciples because we can get so caught up in the being and saying, oh, well, I'm just fostering this intimate relationship with God that we lose sight of the track that God has commissioned us with a mission to go out and make disciples. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so as we're learning these things, as we're receiving these things, as we're growing in these things, we also have to be finding people to pour these things out onto because the more we do that, the more we're actually learning and growing ourselves. Um, It's a give and take process. It is. And so 
as much as I'm saying we need to sit and pray and wait and listen, we also need to be able to say, okay, now it's time to go out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You guys tracking with me? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, that's it. That's what I have. Good? Sweet. Um, I'm going to pray. And then if we want to open it up for discussion, talk about different ways that we hear from the Lord, we can do that. And then next week, first week of February, we're going to start some prophecy exercises and games to see how we can learn and grow and challenge each other. Is that cool? Yeah. Cool beans. <laughs> Maybe. All right, let's pray. Abba, we, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for what your word says about prophecy. We thank you for um, teaching us to hear you. Teaching us to be attuned to your voice, to know what you're saying, to hear what you're saying. In the ways that we don't recognize you, Lord, I ask that you challenge us to grow in those areas. I ask that you challenge us to recognize your still small voice, whether it's in fleeting pictures in our minds or or quick snapshots of a word. Uh, Lord, I, j- I just pray that we would learn how to recognize you in those little things. In those little things. Because the little things build up and they collect interest. And there's, there's a big payoff in the end. Uh, whether that's for our own relationship with you or whether that's to bring someone else into the kingdom um, to have a relationship with you. So, Lord, we just thank you. We ask that you impart the gift of prophecy to us right now, Holy Spirit. That you would, um, the Bible says that that we would lay hands on each other and on ourselves to stir up the gifts. So, Lord, we just pray uh, as our as we lay hands on ourselves that you would just stir up the gift of prophecy in us, that we would be able to walk in it more deeply, that we would have a fuller revelation of it. But more than anything, we would have a fuller revelation of your love for us, because prophecy, hearing your voice, isn't just about prophesying or ministering to the person in front of us. It is a privilege. It is such a loving privilege that you've given us to be able to hear your voice. Lord, we love you. We give you all the honor and glory and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of the Highland Park Community Church Podcast. We pray that you experienced the Holy Spirit in revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you've been impacted by our ministry and would like to make a financial contribution or you'd like to partner with us to reach the Highland Park community, visit us at www.myhpcc.net. We'll see you next time.